Hello, my name is Ben. And I'm Emily. And we are the hosts of the Two Fig Podcast this week. Emily, how are you doing today? I'm doing really well today. Excellent. How, yeah. was, how was your trip over to my house? It was good. It was, I remembered where you were, so made it easy. Yeah. How did you travel? I traveled by car today. Usually, okay. yeah, that's my main transportation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, not unicycle? Not unicycle, no. no. I don't even know how to ride one. Do you? Uh, no. No, I do not. But Cheyenne does. Oh, wow. Yeah. Ask Cheyenne about yeah. her unicycle it's a experience. a very cool skill. Yeah, it's very, very interesting. It's uh, not your common thing. You yeah. don't see many unicycles on the bike paths here in Tucson. Yeah. So. Our show, as you kind of, I tried to kind of do it subtly, but it didn't really work too well, is on the word travel. When you think of traveling, is that the the traditional sort of like going from going to a new place? Is that how you think of traveling? Because that's pretty much how I think of traveling. Yeah, that and just getting out of town. Oh yeah, yeah. getting out of town. A new scenery and wherever it may be. Yeah. Do you do it often, frequently, or not enough? Or? Mm, yeah, not as often as I would like. Yeah. But when I do get out of town, I enjoy it. Yeah, It's like a step away from reality. And yeah. Then, oh, yeah. Just kind of recharge the batteries. Yes, right? exactly. Are you someone who likes to travel with someone or with a group? Or do you like to travel by yourself? Um, I like to travel with someone, sometimes with a group. I sometimes find it hard to travel with a group because with all the personalities, it can be hard to make everyone happy Yeah, yeah. with whatever you're doing. So I try to keep it maybe like four or less is ideal for me. Yeah. If it's like going to a city with a group of people, that's different than just going to a particular hotel in Vegas or, you know what I mean? Like with a group of people, it's like there's a central location that everyone's going to hang out in versus something like going to London with a group of people is everyone's going to want to do something different, right? Yeah. Where is the last place you traveled to? The last place I traveled to was Hawaii. Yeah? Yeah, specifically Kauai. Kauai. Yeah. That was for work, right? Yeah, it was for work. And did you get to do anything in Hawaii that was not work-related, or did you just do mostly work while you were there? Um, I did have one free day, so I like looked up popular attractions like near where I was staying because uh-huh. I didn't have a car so I'd have to like Uber wherever I wanted to go. Right. But there were these pretty waterfalls just up the road so I went and saw those and oh, wow. my resort was right on the beach so that's where I spent most of my time because I yeah. loved the water and so Did just, you go swimming? I just put my toes in actually. Yeah. Yeah, there were a bunch of surfers out there. Yeah, it was a little too cold for me. Were they in wetsuits or they were they um still normal yeah they were in wetsuits and they were like way further out than just the shore right that's usually yeah when it's cold they still surf but they just put on the wetsuit instead yeah i've never tried that or done surfing in general so do you have an interest in i do yeah it sounds super cool and fun i'm surprised they haven't developed a surfing like video game because i think that that would might be an interesting sort of exercise and how to accurately represent waves and and things like that i think i did play one but it was two-dimensional and it was kind of like here's the curve and you have to have a stay ahead of the curve the of the wave as it was it wasn't like a three-dimensional sort of like trying to determine where you start Mm -hmm. your you know where you catch it and where you don't i don't know 
Yeah, it'd probably be a good game for VR. Like oh, yeah. Virtual reality. That way you, you're in the wave and you can kind of feel it out. Right. And see how it like curls under. Right. I don't no, even no. know very many surf terms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was, you know, it, it's kind of funny. When I was um, when I was a little kid, this is back in, are you familiar with the, there was a company called Ocean Pacific that made a whole bunch of different shirts. They were kind of a surf company. There was a bunch of other like O'Neill and Body Glove. They yeah, made, I've yeah. heard of those, yeah. You know, I was a fan of the whole idea of surfing back when I was like in grade school. Our parents allowed us to get a subscription to a magazine that we wanted. And for a while there, for me, it was surfing magazine. So I get all the different, the interesting fashion choices of the 80s and all these interesting Ocean Pacific shirts, which had a lot of very tropical looking designs on them. But it was kind of a big shirt to wear in the 80s with op shirts yeah very Ocean cool Pacific, yeah. yeah i love surf shirts and like the way they advertise it i think it looks cool yeah vr you've been you've been playing vr recently which which surprised me because um when i think of you your gaming experience it's not very very broad but you've been playing yeah my brother has an oculus and i was like oh my gosh can i download beat saber and so I did, and I've just been obsessed with it, honestly. I love that it's a workout, and it's just so fun and interactive. Yeah. And even if, like, if I'm not playing Beat Saber, like, in the lobby even, it's just cool to, like, look around in the place that they have the lobby set in. Yeah. Where did you find out about Beat Saber? Um, I actually had a friend that played it, and okay. so I played it at her house, and then... Once I found out my brother had an Oculus, I was like, can I get Beat Saber? Yeah. And then that was all it took. I'm guessing if it's the freestanding one that's all just its own one unit, has a battery, it's the Oculus Quest. He's got either the Oculus Quest or the Oculus Quest 2. I did have some time to play virtual reality. I didn't get a chance to play Beat Saber, but I played Super Hot, which was kind of a fun game to play. And then there was another sort of cooperative I don't know how to explain it. It was a cooperative game where you're two people on a UFO or two or more people. And what you would do is look in front of your panel and you had a set of instructions that you had to follow. And you had to do it in a certain order. And then also there would be things that would fly around and you'd have to you know, charge things up. It was almost like, remember those little things as a kid, like, uh, and by kid, I mean like two, three-year-old where they had the different things where you'd like roll the whatever and do the thing that the zipper and do the, all the different activities mm -hmm. for physical to kind of engage a child, a children in it. Right. Sort of, sort of like that, but more puzzly. You know, it's like you had to communicate with the other person and say, okay, I'm doing this, you do that. Or, you know, you'd have different instructions on, on what you would have to do together to get this ship to move or whatever. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of funny. And then also you could throw things so they would like float. <laughs> you could throw like a hammer or whatever and throw things through the air. So Beat Saber, are you thinking about other virtual reality games? Um, I'm not familiar with any, so I mean, I'm open to suggestions, no. but Beat Saber is just the one I know, and I've been playing it a lot lately, so I've just been getting better at it, no. 
And I noticed there's a lot of songs that you have to purchase. Yeah. So I'm not sure if like if you play it enough, you can unlock them. I'm in like the midst of figuring that out. Gotcha. Gotcha. Like, I'm not too familiar with the way they do that, but I do know it's like a purchase. I play rock band and that's like all the tracks are, you know, you can buy additional songs to play, which is okay, but I would rather them release a bunch of new songs in a pack or something. And, you know, by the time... I mean, geez, I don't know how much money I've spent on Rock Band over the however many years I've been playing it. It's probably now going on 10 years, like version to version. Mm -hmm. My gosh. I mean, just buying all those songs, 99 cents uh, a buck a piece, but it's like that adds up. Yeah, definitely. On Beat Saber, like they have like a Lady Gaga pack. Uh-huh. And so I was like, oh, I'm interested. And then to buy the whole thing was $14. Oh, my gosh. And then one song was like $2.14. Yeah. So I just bought one song because it's all hooked up to my brother's stuff. And I didn't want to like do that to him. But I was like, geez. I was like, there's no way I can unlock these. I have to just buy them. That's how they make money on this, right? It's like, and Beat Saber is something that I think... Uh, I want to say like three years ago is when it started really starting to get popular. People were talking about it two, three years ago. If any of you out there don't know what Beat Saber is, maybe you can explain it. How, how would you explain Beat Saber? Yeah. So you have a controller in each hand and you have the headset on. And what you see in the headset is you're kind of like on a platform. Once the song starts, you have like your left hand will be um, like blue and your right hand is red. And so when the song starts, you start getting blue and red cubes coming at you. Right. And each cube has an arrowhead on it. So that tells you what way you need to swipe through the cube with your hand. Okay. So whether it's down, up, left, or right. So you like a blue cube you would hit with your left red with the right and so whatever's coming at you you just have to hit it and then in the direction they want you to hit it right and if you have too many consecutive misses then you fail the song and you'd have to start over right it's a it's a standard rhythm game sort of thing but in virtual reality i think it's one of the more if not if it's if it's not the first representation it's definitely something that's it was very cutting edge um, mm -hmm. at the time because having a rhythm game in virtual reality has always been like oh yeah definitely need to do that and not just like the old ones like did you ever play dance dance revolution yes i love that <laughs> <laughs> did you ever play that at the arcade or yeah. did you play it yeah at, at an arcade i would okay. Uh -huh. okay i liked rhythm games at the arcade at the time I started playing, it was with a girlfriend, right, who really liked that too. So I kind of got into it. It was just like a bonding activity where you're both dancing mm -hmm. really, really stupidly, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. And then there were, you know, there were some people who got really into it and they were doing all sorts of weird tricks and jumping over the back. And yeah, doing, right. I've like, seen that. Oh, yeah. It's pretty amazing. And there's some people who you can, you'd have an option, you could use both pads as each iteration came out, it got more and more complicated. Mm -hmm. They did have pads for the home. I think J-pop, I got exposed to those types of songs was through like Dance Dance Revolution and and uh, Beat Mania. Bimani is the is the name of the thing for Konami Konami, however you want to pronounce it. 
that they make Dance Dance Revolution, but they also made this thing called Beat Mania, which was turntables, and you were doing it as a DJ. So it was the same thing, and it was a rhythm game, but you would have to scratch the turntable in time and do certain things with the you know different buttons to make it sound like a you're you're mixing. This is back in the days where you know like techno music was kind of big. So okay, yeah, yeah sounds fun. Yeah, it was really fun. Did you ever get into any other rhythm games, or is it just like the, this is your kind of first big Beat Saber, the biggest thing you've done since? Yeah, I would say, yeah, this is the biggest one I've indulged into. Yeah. Did you ever play Rock Band or any of those guitar-based yeah. ones? Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, those were always fun. So that's another like rhythm-based I've had, Yeah. like musically. Yeah. yeah. Well, also um, influenced by your brother and your family. Yeah, my then... mom got us like the whole set for Christmas one year. So oh, yeah. So we had like drums and a microphone and a couple guitars. Yeah. So have friends yeah. over. And I like the singing and probably the guitar. Okay. Yeah, those were my two favorites. Yeah, rhythm games, really cool. What's credited as the first rhythm game ever is this game called Parappa the Rapper. Hmm. Um, and it's this little dog that goes on adventures, and it's a rhythm game that involves him rapping. So you get into rap battles with other cartoon characters. And originally, it came out as an arcade game in Japan. It went worldwide in 1997. It's, the rhythm game is, is pretty interesting. Parappa the Rappa, also very interesting graphic style, very kid show, very Nickelodeon yeah, kind of looking. Definitely. Right? Uh-huh. Yeah. You know what? I did have a question for you about virtual reality. Now, you have used it for playing games, mm-hmm. but what sort of applications do you think there are for, as far as traveling? Because I have a feeling that there are certain things where you could travel to places that you may not be able to afford using virtual reality. Like you could go to the Grand Canyon and walk around the Grand Canyon in a virtual environment and look at it. Yeah, they probably have it depicted so realistically. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, I haven't um, tried those applications or anything like that but i'm sure they're out there yeah and it's very cool that they are because it feels like you're in that world like right. you can look up you can look down you can look behind you mm-hmm. like it feels like it's real i think with and also with the computing power these days if it's just a display and you're walking through an environment like that that might be something where it's like it's almost like reality. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could even do it with filming with photographs. Not, I'm not, you know, not, not like they do for Google Maps. Like you can go down to the street level and you've got the still photographs. I mean, right. being able to actually walk around in the environment and, and kind of maybe even interact with it. When virtual reality was starting to get introduced to the public, it was kind of like, hey, there are plenty of applications in like travel and all this stuff, but it's like, eh, it looks like it's going to be mostly games, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> in the future, would people go to a travel agency and use the virtual reality machine to simulate a trip or figure out how they want to go on a trip before they go on a trip? Or would they be like going to the travel agency to actually take the trip? Like in a black mirror sort of way, I guess. Right. Like here's a simulation of what the trip could be, or right. you can just do it. Right. I mean, that's interesting. 
There's also, I probably mentioned this before, there's a movie that I really like called Brainstorm, which is about this piece of technology that they develop that records brainwaves on tape. And the person who is recording this experiences things in the environment, including like, you know, touch and, and smell and sound and everything. So everything is recorded on tape. So when you play it back, you get the same experience. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know how close we are to that kind of technology. That still seems kind of sci-fi to me. Right. But I mean, will there be a time, do you think, that people won't even travel? They'll just use some sort of a simulation to go to different places and be exposed. Do you Uh think that's a possibility? I think it is a possibility, but there's just something in traveling and going actually there. Yeah. Smelling the air there. Tasting the food there. Interacting with the people, I think, too. Yeah, it's it's just a whole experience on its own. So I think it's definitely more authentic to go to the actual place. But like you're saying, maybe some people can't afford it. And this could be an outlet for them to somewhat experience maybe what it could be. Right, right. Or have like some sort of surrogate, you know, but you're missing out on a lot when you're just talking like a simulation, like in virtual reality. Mm-hmm. You're seeing the sights, you're hearing the sounds, but you're it's not as interactive. You can't talk to the people, you can't interact with people, you can't feel things, there's no tactile. I mean, I guess something, you know, with, with those, you've got some vibrations and some feedback things that make it feel like mm-hmm. you're manipulating objects, but it's just not the same, right? Yeah, very true. I think that is way down the road, traveling, using virtual reality, but so... In Hawaii. Yeah, it was such a high and by trip. I had to pick what I wanted to do very wisely. Right, right. Was there anything that you did while you were in Hawaii that you said, I need to go back to Hawaii at some point in my life and experience this? Or is it just kind of like, I've been to Hawaii, I'm going to cross it off the list? No, I definitely want to go back and like as soon as possible, honestly. Because when I was there, like I was sitting at the bar talking to a local. And he was telling me that the whole southern and western part of the island are only open to helicopters or by boat. Oh, wow. Yeah, no cars are allowed out there. Mm -hmm. And he was telling me that there's these beautiful cliffs on that side of the island that if you take a boat just off the coast, like, it's just breathtaking. And after hearing that, like, when I go back, that's what I want to do. Okay. I want to be on a boat looking out in the water looking at the cliffs and just Mm -hmm. like soaking up the sun like that's what i want to do when i go back cool do you have any urge to do any like i don't don't know how the scuba diving and and other sports opportunities and are are out in hawaii is there any urge to do any like scuba diving or deep sea diving definitely maybe just like around like the coral reefs or something yeah Yeah, yeah snorkeling I would do, I don't know if if there's many sharks out there. Mm. I'm not sure about that. Yeah. But if they might have... want to do some research before you tip your toe. Exactly. I, 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 yeah, I think with, with anything, it's a risk, but I think the risk is very low. Yeah. It's not, it's not like the fear generated from the movie Jaws is really realistic. I'm sure if, you know, if you're bleeding, don't go in the water, man. Yeah, very true. But I would definitely do like a... T- 
like a cage. Like if I went down in a cage and there was like yeah. great white sharks circling around me or something. Or on a boat. Like do the do do some, you know, like in other places like whale watching and yeah. things like that. Yeah, being out on the water, anything about it, I love it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you always had a fascination with water? Yeah. I like like we had a speedboat, so when we would like take it out on the lake, like I love just cruising across the water. In Minnesota? Yeah. We have a cabin on a lake, Lake Malax, which is a fairly big lake. It's like eighteen by twenty one miles. And so my family had like a little speedboat and we would go like tubing and water skiing. Right. I just loved being out in the boat in the water, in the sun. Yeah. I'm all about that. Do you water ski? Yes, I do. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. And I remember I practiced so much all summer one year that by the end of summer, I was able to slalom ski. Oh, nice. Yeah, I could kick off a ski and just be on one, which was super cool. I was like, I'm doing it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I tried when I was much younger, but also upper body strength was, wasn't there for me at the time. Yeah. Um, and I think it's a lot of grip strength, too. That's what I noticed yeah. was like my hands would begin to hurt because all the skin was like crinkled and just so much pressure applied on top of it yeah so i remember my grip strength is what would hurt me when i'd be skiing for a while do you have any urge to do any real skiing um i, oh, do. I say real skiing i mean snow skiing. yeah snow skiing <laughs> i do yeah. because i'm like well if i can water ski i'm pretty sure i could snow ski right but i've never been so oh no yeah no never yeah um so it y- does interest me a lot yeah that's cool i have taken uh, ski trips before I used it when I came when I came to Arizona I had a cheap pair of skis that I bought from a buddy of mine who was a serious skier that were a little bit too small for me but I still used them they were like hand-me-down skis mm-hmm. that I bought for myself and I would use them when I would go skiing in uh, Wisconsin and Illinois which is not where you want to ski Maybe it's where you want to learn how to ski so you don't fall Mm -hmm. (laughs) because it's like sometimes it's like skiing on a sheet of ice basically down a hill. I mean, it's sometimes it gets pretty crazy with how cold it is. But when you've skied on powder and gone to a place that's like a groomed sort of place like up north, I've taken a couple of trips with friends to snowball and I've been, you know, there. That's a that's a good place to kind of learn how to ski Mm -hmm. in arizona it's a lot of fun if you if you like if you want to do it and if you've done i mean i can imagine if you've already done water skiing you kind of have the steering thing down a little water's a little different than the snow but it's right and if you want to stop you just let go (laughs) right you don't do that with the skis you got to do the snow plow or do the side thing right i've heard like french fries and pizza french fries and pizza yeah yeah, i just think it's like can you trust that does pizza work pizza doesn't always work but i you know that's the when you're starting out you're on a less steep hill so you want to build that up. You can do that to slow yourself down too. So there's sometimes where you use pizza to slow down rather than to stop. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it it is a thing, a tool you can use to slow yourself down. Um, but you're still going forward. I usually well, the way I stop is I side. You know, I do just do do to the side, and then just do a. Yeah, seems well, easier that way. Honestly. Yeah. And and I love skiing. And one of the trips that I remember I took, boy, it's it's like four or five years ago now. When I was 
working at another company, I had an opportunity to go teach in Canada. And it was teaching um, people how to use a software. And I was going to be there for about six months. And it was uh, from around September until around February, somewhere around there. So I was I was living out of a hotel at the expense of the company. Mm-hmm. How um, nice. Yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. It was a great experience. And that was the first time I went to Edmonton. It was Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. It was so much fun. And I met a whole bunch of cool students and people. And like I said, that was back... 2006, 2007. I have these pants over here, which I call the Canada pants, because when I went to Canada, I thought to myself, I'm, I used to live in Illinois. I, I have pants. I'm sure I have pants. So it was like a really rush, rush sort of thing. It's like, okay, you're going to Canada to do this job next week. So I was like, okay, I didn't think anything of it, but I didn't have any pants. I just had shorts. I did bring just in case I needed them, I brought some insulated underwear to wear underneath my shorts. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh my so I was that dude. I was known as the guy with the shorts. So everyone knew who I was. It's like, who's that guy with the shorts? It's like, <laughs> that's me. The company, they all chipped in and they bought me a pair of these really nice fleece lined pants. And I'm like, you know, I live in Arizona, so I'm not going to probably use these, you know, like at the end of my trip, I was like, you think it would be okay if I got everyone to sign them? So I just have like uh, these, you know, signatures on the pants of all, you know, all the people I met on my trip, and they were like, okay, yeah, definitely. So that's what I did, and they're now the Canada pants. It's oh. got a little Canadian flag on it, and they are the pants I use when I go skiing because they're so nice and warm. Oh, they're very perfect. cool. Yeah, perfect skiing pants. Flash forward another 10, 11, 12 years later. I decide I'm going to go on a ski trip and I get reconnected with some of the people I saw in Edmonton. And I said, I'm thinking about going to this place for skiing in Calgary. You want to meet up? So I met up with some people who were my students and we went skiing in the Canadian Rockies just outside of Calgary. I forget what the name of the place was, but it was kind of a a community in a town called Dead Man's Flats, Canada. Wow. <laughs> yeah, Dead Man's Flats, Alberta, which is kind of an ominous sounding name. Yeah, definitely. But it was a small community, and this was kind of a, it was basically a group of condominiums which they bought and turned a portion of them into a hotel kind of, you know, a, to- a hotel type of thing. Mm-hmm. So it was... Just a weekend I spent out there. I just flew out. I drove to Dead Man's Flats from the airport, went skiing, got some instruction to get myself all reconnected with the whole skiing thing, which I did need that. I mean, it's like it's like riding a bicycle, but it's nice to have someone show you the ropes. Again, right, kind right? of a refresher. Yeah, and it was a lot of fun. It was like just, I love skiing. Skiing is great. If I could go skiing more frequently i would yeah it sounds fun i would love to try it some people want to snowboard rather than ski would you rather ski than snowboard or you want to learn both um i think i'd rather ski yeah yeah is that because of your because of my like history with water skiing yeah yeah Yeah. and i just like facing forward yeah i feel like i'm in more control yeah that makes sense trips you emily has taken in her lifetime go oh my gosh 
Um, well, just about every summer we would, my family and I would cross country drive to Minnesota. Right. So that's always you a, on the lake, right? Yeah. Uh huh. So that was always a trip in itself, like two and a half days in a car. Yeah. Um. Did and, you ever go on like any historic Route sixty? Or is that is that how you would get there? Was historic Route sixty six? No, we would just take like the fastest way, which is like the interstate, the Kansas Turnpike. Okay. Yeah, to, just to get up there as quickly as we could. Gotcha. Um, so we would do that all the time and then spend the whole summer at the lake. So I always enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. Um, in high school, I went to Mexico with um, some friends and her parents uh, brought us. So that was really fun. And um, that was... Yeah, was that your first time in Mexico? Yeah, it was my first and only time ever in Mexico. We went to Rocky Point. Oh, okay. Yeah, and... It was super fun. I loved it. The beach was beautiful. Although my friend's boyfriend got stung by a jellyfish in the water. Uh, so you could see like all the swelling on his chest from oh the tentacles that braised him. Yeah. yeah. But that was fun. We took some jet skis out in the ocean. Nice. And yeah. So nice. I, that was a fun trip. Um, I went to Pagosa Springs in Colorado. Okay. Which is really pretty. They have all those natural hot springs. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that was cool to like each hot spring was like a different temperature. Right. So it would tell you how hot it was. And then they had a river that was part of the um, hot springs um, like lodging that was like 30 something degrees. So if you wanted to, you could like jump into the river and a little story about that. So we, we spent all of our time in the hot springs and I told my friend, I was like, let's go like down to the river and like see what that's like. And so we started making our way down and the steps were made out of slate. Uh-huh. And so they were a little wet. Right. And so I stepped, making my way down, I stepped on a slate and my foot just skidded forward and the slate rock that was in front of it was a little higher. Um, and so my my big toe got all the action and was split open. And oh, yeah, so that's my memory of Pagosa Springs. <laughs> Did you break it? No, it, it was... It just split it? It was, yeah, the worst stub toe I've ever had. Like, the flesh of my toe was in half. And I was like, uh, I don't want to go to the hospital. Let's just let it heal on its own, which I did. And now it's fine, but... Okay. Yeah. So. In the future, you should go. You should really go to the hospital because you don't know how, like, bacteria and stuff, infection and things True, like that. Yeah. You know? But then after it was like bleeding and everything, we went up to the main office and all they had was hand sanitizer. <laughs> and so they oh, just, geez. yeah, no first aid kit. That yeah. doesn't make any freaking sense to very me. Very surprising. So they just like doused it in hand sanitizer. So that felt awesome. <laughs> And it yeah. actually, it it made me get sick because my hearing started to get hollow from just all the pain and all the adrenaline I yeah. was feeling. Yeah. And my friend's dad was like holding me and I was like, I- I'm either going to pass out right now or I'm going to get sick. And then I just leaned over and I got sick. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, at least you made it through, but yikes. Yeah. Left yeah. with a little battle wound. But I've been to California several times. Yeah. Yeah. I do like California. When you go to California, you just mostly hang out at the beach or you go to like, you know, some of the destinations 
Um, probably mostly the beach because yeah. since we don't have a beach here, whenever I get an opportunity to go to the beach, I will go. Yeah. And that's where I like to go and just kind of veg out and take it all in because it's kind of like a sweet treat because it, I don't get it very often. Yeah. But I mean, I've been to like Disneyland and Universal Studios, so right. I've, I've hit right. like the touristy stuff. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. mostly Southern California is where I've been. I haven't been really beyond LA. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. We went to Niagara Falls one time. We were, I was a little kid and I didn't want to get stuck in Canada. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know what I was thinking. They said, well, we can cross over there. I was like, well, you need a passport. And he's like, no, you don't. We can just cross over there. I was like, I'm not going to get stuck in, you know, I was a little kid. (laughs) I don't want to get stuck in Canada. I don't want to be stuck there and just not be able to come back because we were idiots and didn't bring our passport. (laughs) But anyway, but yeah, it was kind of silly. But yeah, that that's something like you see that and you see the Grand Canyon and it's just, how do you describe those things? You just really, it's, some of those things, waterfalls and stuff like that, it's really difficult to describe how amazing and powerful and beautiful that those things are. Yeah, definitely. Like, especially with the Grand Canyon, like you see pictures, but when you're there standing in front of it, it's just a whole different feeling. Definitely different. Yeah, breathtaking. I've got a couple of uh, video game things involving travel I want to bring up. And then we can close out the show with our dream vacations. Most of these places we go to when we go out of the country is uh, airplane. Is that your preferred mode of transportation? Or do you think... I would say yes, because you just get to your destination so much quicker, and it's less hassle, I think. Yeah. Yeah, but then once you get there, you don't have a way to transport around. Yeah. So you either have to rent a car, get Ubers, or maybe you have a friend there who you're visiting, but... You know, like you could do taxi cabs or like some some places have really decent transportation systems. Like in Seattle, they've got a really good light rail system there. Mm. So it's really easy to get around to places you want to go. Yeah, some somewhere else it's like rental cars is the way to do it. Yeah. I mean, it does cost a little bit, a little much. But And I'm always concerned about like insurance and things like that. It's like, well, what, what happens if I crash this car or Exactly. Whatever? That what if factor. Yeah, it's a risk anyway. Anyway, slice it. That's always the tricky thing is how am I going to get around? But flying is the way you get to the big destinations typically. And there is a game by AMC Games recently amc like the theaters yes mm-hmm. that, that amc like okay. the movie classics called airplane mode and in this and I, a game in air quotes because this game is basically it's not really a game it's more of a simulator it's like a travel simulator like we were talking about earlier about you know experiencing travel going to someplace and interacting with it it's kind of that except it's just simulating an intercontinental flight on a plane and you're sitting there and you hear babies crying and you hear other things and other events and that's what you do. You, get, you can get up to go to the bathroom or just sit and eat your snacks or whatever. But it's just like, why? <laughs> I know, right? Like maybe to give others the experience or I, <sighs> what would be the point behind that? I wonder what their justification yeah, is. I, uh, it's hard for me not to say it was just a big joke. 
You know what I mean? It's yeah. really hard not to say that it was done for humorous purposes more than it was done for serious purposes. Right, because there really is no purpose to it. No, no. You just sit on the airplane and watch, and it's like it's real time. It's like if you're going to take a trip and it's a six-hour flight, you're taking a six-hour flight. Although, I did read a little bit about this. You can look through your stuff and you can find sleeping pills and alcohol. <laughs> Oh my gosh. So you can shave off about two hours by like. taking those. But but, but still, that's four hours of doing nothing on a plane. I guess that's kind of the figuring those things out as part of the game element. But it's like there's no story there and there's no payoff. You just end the flight and then you can fly again. And that's what you, you know, that's that's the, the, the quote unquote game. Uh, it's very interesting. Yeah. It's no Beat Saber, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> there is also another game that was developed. Are you familiar with Penn and Teller? Have you ever seen Penn and Teller? No, I haven't. There are magicians. Penn Gillette is the guy that talks. He does all the talking. And Teller, he doesn't talk at all. She- like during their act. No talking. Okay. So, so and together, they it's like a magic thing. What they like to do is they like to expose things that are done, ruses and, and things like, you know, how tricks and, and how people uh, pull fast ones on other uh, other people and just kind of expose, like, this is how the trick works kind of thing. Uh-huh. It's like, and they've been doing that for a very long time. They've got a show in Vegas, but initially... The funniest show in San Francisco, Asparagus, the amazing comedy of theatrical surprises. That's where they met, where Penn and Teller met. Asparagus. Asparagus. And then they started doing their, like having their own shows. They did a lot of off-Broadway stuff. They did a movie called Penn and Teller Get Killed. (laughs) But anyway, one of their things, and they're very off-color, right? They've got a lot to say. They're... uh, off-color, I guess, is the wrong word, way to put it. They're critical of a lot of other, of things. They, they like to examine things. They like to figure out how stuff works. They have a game that was never released. It was made. And this is more a game than the airplane mode game. Because it simulates, it, it's called Desert Bus. Hmm. Yeah. And the game is... You're driving across, you're driving from like Arizona to California or something like that. And that's it. Nothing happens. It's like you're driving a bus and you have to stay on the road and you're passing cars, but it's nothing. Interesting. (laughs) Yeah. And and so that's when, when I thought of this desert bus game that was never released, that's what airplane mode reminded me of was this game where it was like there's no objective there's just nothing to do it's like an anti-game it's like a game is sort of a statement now what do you think games like those that are simulations of things what kind of statement would you be making i mean i don't quite understand why that would be are you trying to be funny i can only say humor is 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 just the reason why you would do that yeah, I would have to agree with you too because if there's no objective, like, then why? Right. And the only way you would find out there's no object- objective would be to play it. I mean, in today's day and age, right, I can look it up online and know that someone else played it and said, yeah, the whole point is this, right? Uh huh. 
but back in my day, back in my day, <laughs> pre-internet and early internet, you know, you don't know who played the game, right? So you buy this game and you start playing it. You get surprised by the fact that there's nothing to do and it's a crappy game. And then you tell everyone else or, you know, the, the reviews come out and tell you that it's a crappy game or whatever. But now it's a little different. I don't know. Yeah. I just, I just don't understand, other than humor, why you would release a game that has no point. Yeah, I can't quite think of anything either. No. Maybe if the graphics are really good. I guess. Uh, I mean, I, I can look out the window of an airplane. I would rather do it in real life and use those graphics. Right. <laughs> Have you ever taken a train cross-country or a bus cross-country? Not cross country, no. But I have been on a train, um, the one up at, by the Grand Canyon. Oh, okay. The one that comes out of Williams. Um, yeah. Yeah, that was our Grand Canyon trip. We took the train up there. Okay. Yeah, but that's my only really train experience. It wasn't a train that had like sleeping cars or anything like no, that. It wasn't no. like an old fashioned like uh, murder on the Orient Express. Yeah, no. Uh, uh-uh. <laughs> it would just had like rows of seats and. Some yeah. tables too, but have you ever had an urge to take a train like something like that, like a like a sleeping sort of uh, sleeping on the train kind of thing, or is that just like eh, never thought about it? Yeah, doesn't sound interesting. it does sound interesting. But I did read like in the news not too long ago that the train system I forgot what it's called, but it derailed, and so now I just think about trains derailing, and if, oh. if I was on a train and it derailed. <laughs> It's the upkeep of the mechanism that needs to be, I mean, you know, derailures are mostly caused by things on the track. When they derail, it's because something makes it derail. Yeah. And it's not just, I mean, typically, I don't think it's the train itself that's the problem when trains derail. Yeah, but it's, it's just out of my control, and I, I, I'm a person that likes to have control. So if you were if you were driving the train and can go anywhere you want to. Yeah, <laughs> but it it could happen in whatever mode of transportation you have. Like a, a plane could crash or right, be hijacked, right. and I mean, you really don't have control when you're not the one in charge. So do you prefer road trips for that reason rather than going to... Um, like if you were to take a trip to California, would you be more inclined to drive there or more inclined to fly? Probably drive. Yeah. Yeah, I can handle like the six to eight hours. Right. I mean, flying, don't get me wrong, it sounds nice to get there in an hour and a half. Right, right. <laughs> but... Yeah. It all depends on what you're willing, what the return on the investment is and how good your car is with gas and... Exactly, and yeah. Factors. Yeah, but if it's close enough, I don't mind driving at all. I did take an Amtrak train from Chicago to Pennsylvania once or twice. And this is a place called Northeast Pennsylvania. So I don't recall how long it was, but it was longer than you would expect like a a flight. So it took a while. And what they ended up doing is when they got to a certain point in the trip, they stopped the train. And you just stay there and Mm. just stationary on a train, usually during the time when you would sleep and stuff. And then it would pick up and go. And I don't know if that was the route or if that's a common thing, 
But it seemed very, very strange that you would just stop the train to have a nap or whatever. Right. You would think um, there'd be like a backup conductor or something. Yeah. Yeah. You'd just keep it going. Yeah. Right. But maybe that's a scheduling thing. Maybe it's like, you know, I, I don't know how that works exactly. But the seating on it was slightly better than an airplane. And slightly better than an airplane, I mean, like, you know, your lower, the, the lowest class you can get on an airplane. Yeah, where, like where more width, back. more width to the seat. A little more width, yeah. Walking around and stuff wasn't policed as much. Riding on a train, it was very soothing. I mean, just the, you know, like when you're on an airplane, the turbulence is kind of jarring. But for some reason, for me, sleeping on the on the train was super easy just because it was just the the sound it's very white noise sounding yeah it would seem like it yeah dream vacations next okay okay do you have a specific destination that you have always wanted to visit like there was a time in my life that i said when i get married you can do whatever you want with the wedding I get the honeymoon, and it is Denmark, and it is where Legos were invented. And that's where we're going, to Legoland in Denmark. <laughs> <laughs> and that's changed recently, just recently, and we'll get into that. Because um, I have a new sort of like a cool sort of maybe if I ever get married. I don't know. That's also changed. I don't know if I'm ever going to get married either. Do you have any place that you've always been fascinated to go to? For me, it was Legoland in Denmark. Do you have a place that you want to go to? Um, yeah, I really would like to go to Sweden. Okay. Yeah, like in Stockholm. Okay. Anywhere specifically in Stockholm? Or um, just... No, nowhere specifically, but my ancestors came from Sweden. Okay. So it's kind of like the motherland right. of my family. Right. So I think it'd be cool to go there and just check it out. Yeah. Because I've heard it's beautiful. Yeah. And I just want to kind of take in the culture and just experience that yeah yeah i'm super eager to do that one day interesting will farrell's wife is from sweden i think Mm -hmm. swedish so he knows some swedish and has told stories about his wife talking to him in in swedish there was also a, a a show about life in sweden where this guy moves to sweden Here, let me look it up because it was a really good, interesting show that kind of gives you an idea about how life is is in Sweden. And it was kind of a nice mix of Swedish actors and American actors, and they talked in both languages. And it was a show that was that was put on in Sweden and in the US at the same time. Welcome to Sweden, Greg Poehler. So Amy Poehler's brother. It's kind of an American and Swedish sitcom that was that was really interesting because the whole premise of the show is he works in Hollywood, his Swedish girlfriend gets a job, they move to Sweden together because she's got a better job in Sweden. So he gets transplanted, he was kind of a, he knew what he was doing in LA, but now he's living in Sweden and interacting with her family and getting kind of like accustomed to the whole social structure and what things go on in Sweden. And there's a lot of comedy that has to do with, with that. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to start his own consulting business like he had in, in, in LA, <laughs> but it's not the same in Sweden. Two seasons from 2014. It's a very interesting, funny sort of look at Sweden. Do you know any Swedish? 
I don't. I know uh, Volkmann, uh-huh. which means welcome. Right. That's it. Isn't that the same in German? Volkmann? I don't know. Hmm. I don't even know hello in Swedish. Can you identify IKEA furniture? Um, <laughs> I probably could, honestly. You're sitting on it. Oh, then no, I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> yes, semi-disposable Scandinavian furniture, IKEA, Swedish meatballs. If you've got heritage in Sweden, do you eat Swedish meatballs? Have you had Swedish meatballs? Yes, my grandma makes the best Swedish meatballs ever. And my mom, her recipe's pretty good. I mean, it is my grandma's, but something about grandma's cooking is a little bit better than mom's cooking. Well, right, right, clearly. Right? Yeah, but the Swedish meatballs are so good. And I've had a lot of, um, like, around Christmas time mm-hmm. when we make, like, Christmas cookies. Okay. We, we make Swedish cookies. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, they we make, like, they're called rosettes. Uh-huh. And you take this, like, metal iron that has, like, a design of, like, a flower. Right. And you dip it in the batter. And then you dip it oh, into yeah. and frying oil. Okay. And it, it's, like, a crispy little yeah, delight. Yeah, it's, like it's got, like, l- lattice work. Like, it looks like almost like a... Um, like a snowflake or a yeah, flower. Yeah, or like a doily or something. Yeah. Like, you know, just, but it, just a, an edible doily. Yeah, and you just sprinkle it with some powdered sugar. Mm-hmm. So we make those. Oh, yeah. Funnel cake-like. Yeah, they're super good. And we make... My grandma's always called them bow-wows. Okay. Um, and they're, like, a Swedish donut. Okay. So it's another thing you fry, but it's made out of, it has cardamom in the dough. Okay. And that's a very popular ingredient. In, yeah. Um, Swedish cooking. Yeah. And so then you like cut it up into, like you roll it out and then you cut it up and you just make two little slits and about like a three inch thing of dough. So okay. then when you fry it, it looks like a little dog. Like a little, <laughs> a little Scottish terrier. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that's why my grandma calls them Bow Wows. Is uh, well, neat. Yeah, they look like little dog donuts. Huh. Yeah, so we made that. <laughs> and my mom always makes Swedish coffee bread around the holidays. Okay. Yeah, which is just cardamom bread. Okay. Yeah, and that's always good. So, yeah. yeah, I've had a lot of the cooking around in my life. Was your grandma born in Sweden? No, her mother came. From Sweden? Yeah. Okay. Has your mom been to Sweden? Mm-mm, nope. Neither has my neither has my grandma. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. Oh wow. Yeah. So I think it'd be cool if we all went. Yeah. 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 A ladies of the family trip. Yeah. I mean that'd be cool. That'd be like a dream if we all were able to go together. Yeah. There was a time when I thought about the Czechness boys going back together. My father went to Lithuania. That's where the last name is from. My grandfather, on my father's side, his parents and and their family escaped during the Bolshevik Revolution around that time to the United States. So he was, you know, a little kid at the time when they escaped. Our last name was kind of an Americanized Lithuanian last name. So there's always been interest from my father and also my aunt in finding out that history and and doing some, you know, investigation of family over there and stuff. I don't think if I ever went to a place that was new... Currently, there was a time when I would want to go with my family, right? I think for me, the the thing I like about travel is the experience. You can share it with someone, but I would rather just go with someone where it's new. You know, it's just like a new, let's just figure out, let's go there and figure out what to do kind of thing mm-hmm. as opposed to with family, I guess. I guess it would be different for you if it was you've never all never been there. Mm-hmm. 
I want to experience something new by myself and then maybe share it. I don't know. What yeah. are your thoughts on traveling? Do do you would you tr- prefer to travel by yourself or prefer to travel with family or? Well, I actually, when I went to Hawaii, that was my first like solo trip. Yeah, and so that was cool, and like the anticipation of going was what I enjoyed too. Being like, oh, I'm going all by myself, like fly, right. flying by myself in yeah. a hotel room by myself, walking around Hawaii by myself. Which I liked because you just do whatever you want to do. Yeah. Like you're on no one else's time. You're just on your own time. And yeah. so that was fun. But I do like traveling with my family. Yeah. Yeah. Because we've done it most of my life. So right. pretty right. accustomed to it. Yeah. Yeah. There's a little familiarity there. But I do have to agree. Like now that I'm older, I do like, I would like to go places without my family. Right. Like I'm not always a, like a family trip. It has to be. So. Yeah. So Sweden, is that it? Is there another place specifically that you would want to go to? Mm, I've always like thought about Australia. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's always appealed to me. Really? Yeah, I'm not sure if it's the whole like Steve Irwin vibe, (laughs) but I think it would be so cool to go to that, to the zoo that the Irwin family runs. Yeah. Because I'm, I kind of like, I grew up with that family, so. Yeah, yeah. That's where it's on, on television. Yeah. Yeah. And just to see what it's like there, like maybe see the Sydney Opera House. And oh, yeah. yeah. So Sydney would be the place you'd want to go to there? Yeah, probably. Interesting. I've had urges lately to go there, and I know this sounds ridiculous, to go there to ski. Mm-hmm. Um, they have some skiing destinations there, but their ski season is just backwards from, right. from us. So you can go there and ski, but it's like June. Right. That would be kind of a fun little trip, but that's would be specific for me to skiing. I'm a little put off by like all the animals there want to kill you, basically. Like yeah. everything's all mean and wants to kill Or poisonous. <laughs> poisonous, yeah, right? That's yeah, that's true. But it would be really cool. And I want to hold a koala, like get a picture of a koala on my hip. That's like on my bucket list. Okay, okay. So, I hear koalas are mean though. Oh no, really? I hear they're mean. Interesting. Yeah. But, I mean, you, you might be able to find some that aren't. That's aren't true. Very... Maybe the ones that get handled like that. Yeah. Because I'm sure there's probably like a photo booth opportunity where. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Hold this sure koala, koala for 15 bucks or something. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> At the side of a road or something. <laughs> or uh, pet the crocodile. I don't know about that. I don't yeah, know if I'd do that. I wouldn't quite either. No. I like my limbs to stay intact. In Australia, there's a lot of reef activity down there that you could also engage in if you love the ocean their beaches are pretty freaking amazing yeah, there too. yeah that's what i've heard yeah just a lot of it just really interests me it's a big country and there's a lot of different biomes there too but it sounds like it sounds like a perfect destination for you if you like both you know the beach and the ocean perfect mm-hmm. i think that would be one of those ones where you'd want to go down there to sydney and just figure shit out yourself yeah you know and definitely take like at least a month down there I feel yeah like. oh gosh like, yeah you gotta like take the time to be down there yeah here's here's something weird with me and trips lately is there's a sort of an economy for a trip right i think there's a benefit to going somewhere for a month or whatever and experiencing that but with you know working a job and trying to make a living and stuff that's not always a possibility right so for me generally it's just like a week 
is, I, and I guess that's possibly normal. Is that yeah. kind of a normal? Yeah, length? me too. That's yeah. about how much I take when I go somewhere. Yeah, I mean that's how much that's how much I can you know afford to take typically is about a week or two weeks tops. But I think when you limit that, you got to do more planning in order to figure out how to fit as much of the stuff as you want in there, mm-hmm. which is good. But then also you don't want to feel like you you have to stuff it full because there's going to be things that you're going to discover that you're going to go, oh, wow, i got to stop by there. i got to stop by there. Or, right. Anyway. It's uh-huh. a balancing act. I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> Just like different ways people take vacations, I guess. I told you earlier, I have always been fascinated with Japan, Tokyo. Just the cultural differences and just how interesting and unique things that i enjoy mostly video games yeah it seems a lot different than american culture oh yeah there's just so many interesting things that that are just so different a couple of places that i want to go in japan are you familiar with the concept of a capsule hotel i'm not capsule hotels apparently it's known as a pod hotel in the western world but it was a type of hotel that was developed in Japan where it's just basically it's a bed-sized room. It's almost like you if you ever see those morgue photos where they, <laughs> where they've got the doors and they can pull the thing out. Yes. And it's a little bit larger than that. And that's where you sleep? You sleep there. It's just a bed-sized capsule that people would sleep in. And it was developed in Japan for people who very busy. Often it's like, you know, it's, they need to catch a nap or whatever. Mm-hmm. But all the things that you would do as far as use the bathroom or showers or anything, they're all public. Okay. And the place where you would sleep is this little capsule, just a window and a bed. Yeah, basically. Wow. Probably a lot cheaper than a... Yes, Hotel, definitely. Yeah? Okay. Uh, one of the things, though, is they are stereotypically used by businessmen when they're too drunk to. <laughs> that doesn't sound. But anyway, it's like, you know, they're out in the town. You get right. too drunk. You can stay at a, a capsule hotel. That's a stereotype that I don't really think is necessarily accurate. Mm-hmm. But there are. It's cultural implications, but it's it's basically if you're on the road, it's business. It's a really quick, you know, like a quick trip. You you sleep in this capsule hotel, and then you know it's like we would call something like that, like a days in or something like a cheap hotel, but it's you know much smaller. Yeah, much smaller. Do you think you could uh, sleep in a capsule like that? Um. Yeah. From what it looked like, I think I could. Yeah. Yeah. If you think of it more of like a morgue setting, then no. But they <laughs> yeah. are bigger than the cubbies at a morgue. So yeah. I, I think I could definitely do it comfortably. The way they do it in Japan, they have them, um, they are segregated. There is no two people staying in a, in a single capsule. Oh, really? No, yeah, like queen size? No, or... no, it's not. <laughs> it's all the men have a floor. All the women have a floor, oh, basically. okay. I guess that's okay. Yeah, they're generally designed for single night stays. So it's not like, you know, you would go there and stay. So one of the things I want to do is stay at a capsule hotel. Don't ask me why. I'm a tall guy. I probably would <laughs> would be very uncomfortable. But it just seems like 
something that would be an interesting experience yeah, to me. Yeah, definitely. Maybe stay a day or two tops in, yeah. in one of those places. There is a specific theme. Japanese, they like a lot of themed things. There are a lot of themed cafes and themed, you know, like cat cafes. and oh, how fun. That would be interesting places to go to in Japan. But one of the places that is, I'd probably take do a stay of like a traditional capsule hotel. But there is a place called First Cabin, which the premise of this hotel is they've got some units that are like the standard capsules. But basically, it's a larger, the whole, the premise is you're sleeping on an airplane. <laughs> That's what it is. First Cabin. You're sleeping on an airplane and it's got this sectioned off spots where they've got, it's just the size of a bed and you have a table and that's it. It's like capsule like, Mm -hmm. but it's not, you know, it's the same. It's basically an evolution of the capsule hotel that is more room like. So you've got your bed, you've got a safe there that you can lock your valuables in. You've got a little desk and a chair, you got a television and then a curtain. So it's like a bunch of these on a floor, also still women's floor, men's floor, public bathrooms and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I think that would be, if you wanted to say multiple nights, that would be a, a cheap alternative or cheaper alternative, which I may entertain if I ever go. And it's like a themed capsule hotel, which is like two of the two of the things that fascinate me about yeah. Japan. Ryokan is like a traditional hotel in Japan that you would stay. Think of it as more like a bed and breakfast kind of thing. Okay. And it's got the traditional sort of like, has nothing to do with the more urban places. Ryokan. I think I'm saying that okay. Beats me. I have no idea. (laughs) Sounds good. (laughs) Traditional Japanese inn. Yeah, if I show you pictures of these you'll kind of see, and it's got like, it's traditional breakfast, usually dinner is included with room, uh, sort of a, a bed and breakfast, I guess that's, you know, it's very much like that, you know, sitting on the floor and sleeping on the floor, and that would be a cool thing to do too. And when you said hot springs, they do have a lot of interesting like bath houses there that are built on hot springs and have like various mineral contents and things like that that I would also like to do that's more of a traditional sort of Japanese thing to do. Have you heard that in the Japanese culture they've always like bathed almost like like a ritual? There is a bathing ritual. Yeah, yeah. like they just like to be clean. There was a place that I looked into that was basically <laughs> it was like a little kid's sort of like fun time like I want to say amusement park but there was a ride like it was a bathhouse trivia or something like that where you had to do things in a certain way and it was bathhouse very weird there is tradition there and it's like there are rituals associated with things like bath Mm -hmm. um I don't know if ritual well I guess it is I guess you could call it a ritual if you wanted to Oh, there was a street cart thing we talked about briefly. We talked about um, go-karts. No, I guess we didn't talk about go-karts. We talked about driving in Japan. This was something that would require me to get a, a learner's permit first. Is but, that hard to accomplish? Um, no, it's pretty, it's it's not. Okay, so here's the thing. If you're going to do it, I, I would say the signage and the way traffic uh, works in Japan is so different 
that if you were going to do that, you would want to definitely study all the signage. You can get a temporary, like a permit, like a learner's permit. The learner's permit is acceptable for this thing that I want to do on (laughs) go-karts, which is there are go-karts that you race around. It's like Mario Kart, except real go-karts. Oh my god! And you go on certain portions of the highway and things that are like blocked off. So it's only these go-karts. It's a go-kart tour. They also have things where they've got costumes for, I don't know if I'd want to do that, costumes for rent. (laughs) So you can like dress up as Mario if you want to. Also, this street cart website, if you just look up go-kart tours, Japan or Tokyo, it's definitely worth reading for the bad translations too, because I love translation errors. Yeah. It's so funny. It's great. You understand what they're trying to get at, but they have a lot of really funny things that get translated in a strange way. But yeah, it's basically a go-kart tour. You go from a certain point to another point, and there are certain stops and, and things just like you would... On, a, on an actual tour, but you're driving around on the streets of Tokyo. How cool. Yeah. They go over this thing with the rules where they say, no throwing bananas behind you. You know, just like they're trying to be funny about like the right. Mario Kart thing. There's probably some people that have tried to do that. Yeah, no turtle shells. <laughs> you can't throw turtle shells or banana peels or whatever. Very interesting. You should at very least take a look at the site. And then the last thing I want to say about things that I want to do in Japan is this place called Super Potato. <laughs> I, don't, I, I can't even guess what that would be. You can't? Just take a, take a wild guess. Mm, what comes to my mind is maybe like food. No. Nope. Like, no. No. Super Potato is a used video game store that has every system that you can imagine historically. It's a basically used, new and used video game console store and they've got cartridges there just everything all these used video games throughout history and things that you could buy there but yeah it'd just be like going to a museum that's also a store right like an antique mall for video games yeah that's exactly what it is that's basically what it is that's perfect it's like video games that are sold in a you know an antique shop Um, super potato yep (laughs) super potato just like a living history museum of games yeah there's so many yep console games arcade or you know not arcade games these are all for the home market super potato is it used mostly used they do have new but but yeah it's mostly like you know i also think of it like as bookman's okay (laughs) it's sort of bookman's but all video games and all japanese video games mostly and Japanese systems, although they probably do have some that available in the U.S. One last thing about Japan that I want to also, they have a lot of really interesting themed cafes that I want to check out. They've got, um, if you look online, you can see a lot of videos about, they've got an owl cafe. With like owls? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It, it, the, the way these cafes are set up is a lot of them are just kind of like, Think of it as it's a place where you go to pet the animals to feed, like a, like a, some sometimes like a petting zoo. There was also a hedgehog one that I saw that some they went to a hedgehog. Oh yeah. my gosh! And they got to feed the little hedgehogs, the How little cute. things. Yeah, and it's just like they hold them in their hand and stuff. But the place, what they call it a cafe, but it's just basically 
you go to vending machines and you get vending machine whatever, coffee or soda. or So it's not really like when I think of cafe, my thought comes to there's a dude behind there who's making something for me that's a custom thing or whatever. I think of that as a cafe. But a lot of these places are just basically places you go to pet the cats and chill out and then you can just go to the vending machines and get your whatever you want yeah i've heard that they're pretty notorious for vending machines yeah like they have just oh, about y- yeah in general anything and everything you can get in a, in a vending machine yeah. in japan yeah there are also these things called uh i wasn't gonna go here but um collectibles like you know gumball machines mm-hmm. like they had the little things that they had the little collectible did you ever as a kid get those things out of a gumball machine that had like little toys or yeah little, and it came like in a little plastic yeah, bubbly thing little the plastic bubble well they've got something called there called gashapon and gashapon machines are the same thing but they're higher end toy dispenser sort of machines mm-hmm. and they've got these they're round balls that have these figurines in them and they've got shops that have like just nothing but gashapon machines and you go there and you pick one that you want and then it's like little collections of stuff right like collections of a uh, gundam figurines or collections of you know like you can you put in a your money and then you get dispensed these toys and people are really serious about collecting they're like more adult themed too mm. they've got all sorts of interesting sort of collectible things that are just like little figurines and everyone does it. It's like, you know, adults, a lot of these things have uh, roots in like anime characters, which are more adult kind of places. Uh Also on the subject of cafes to close out the show, there are a lot of different bizarre places that you can go to in Japan. There's like the robot restaurant. There's a place that is you fish, like you actually fish for your fish that they, you catch and then, they serve it to you. Wow. It's like a fishing themed restaurant. That sounds kind of cool. It looks kind of neat and more traditional, right? Um, and there's just a ton of interesting restaurants and cafes. But the one that I want to go to, there is a genre, I guess that's a way to put it, of restaurant called made cafes. They also, not to be, you know, uh, this is the recent development, but they also have butler cafes for people who are like, that's sexist to have made cafes, but right. no butler cafes. But there are <laughs> butler cafes too. So made in butler cafes where you go there and the person who serves you is like your maid and calls you master, does their special drinks and all the food is all cutesy and weird and they've got a weird sort of like show element where the maid do dance numbers and stuff. It is so weird to me as a as someone in America. Yeah. It's like part fantasy. I also saw a video online of this cafe that was a prison hospital themed cafe. Oh my god. Where all the drinks and things were all disgusting medical ish kind of things it's very weird i'll show you after the show but okay. it's like theme cafes you think themed cafes are weird here you haven't seen nothing it's like the norm over there <laughs> oh yeah it's very interesting place i mean that's that's there do be so much stuff to do over there that you'd kind of have to figure out i mean what's important right but definitely I mean, plan out your trip and yeah before you go yeah 
One good thing about Tokyo, Japan, too, is that uh, there are a lot of students and stuff that they want to practice their English. So it's like you can speak English mm, there. Okay. But these days, all you need is like Google Translate on your phone, right? Yeah. I mean, you can actually have it. Uh, there's scanners. The scanner will scan the text and it'll convert it. So you get kind of an idea of what the different, like if it's written or spelled differently especially in japan yeah, i mean you know like, that's a completely different language as far as the way it's written right yeah but anyway yeah it's a lot easier these days i think it would be a fun trip any other dream locations anything to wrap up the travel show i do know that i want to go to the grand tetons very soon have, okay. you, have you ever been there no yeah no. up there in wyoming oh okay yeah it's been like one of my bucket list items oh, okay. which seems easily achievable because it's right there right so yeah. maybe this year that'll yeah. be on my list yeah fun yeah you drive up there or you yeah i would road trip up there through colorado and yeah i've never been to yellowstone and that's like right there too oh yeah so just get the whole gist of that yeah since you mentioned that i'm going to mention one last thing um disney uh, you we talked about like you know been to disney and stuff there is a new attraction there that just opened up that is a themed hotel around the Star Wars universe that's the Galactic Star Cruiser. And I said that I wanted to do that, that you know, Legoland, the original Legoland, not like the California one, right? Right. In Denmark. Now, I want to save up my money for this this Galactic Star Cruiser experience, which is basically two days an immersive experience on a galactic star cruiser as far as in the star wars universe you've got your it's all very ship themed it's all looks like it's almost like you're playing a role in the hotel wow yeah very cool the price tag however is what people are criticizing oh no and the price tag for a two-night adventure with two people is roughly five thousand dollars yeah no that's my deal breaker yeah now it's something that i mean even even the price tag aside if i had the money to blow man that seems like it would be so much fun and depending on how how the interactive experience works like are you playing like are you live action role playing in that scenario are there hotels out there that where you have live action role playing as a part of the experience of being in the hotel so it's like when you go to eat you're interacting you're participating in a story right Mm -hmm. and that's you know that's part of part of that let me just say the hotel itself is not just the five thousand dollars right that's including all the tickets to disney world and all that stuff which is probably amounts to 500 bucks but still that's a lot of money yeah, to spend hope, at a hotel right hopefully they're feeding you too yes they are feeding you okay. meals are included there i mean but still yeah i'm like that may, that makes it a little better but i feel like you'd have to be like such a fan yeah to yeah. really enjoy that well and and they do have and i say the two room it's like the five thousand is roughly the main price right it's like it depends if you have more people in a room you split that differently so it's the the experience itself overall costs around five thousand to six thousand dollars depending on whether you have two four or eight people 
it's cheaper if you go with a bunch of people. Right. But I would have more fun going with just one person. Yeah, that would be fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm, definitely. Kind, yeah. Kind of like the show was with one person. You. With me. You and me. So just, yeah. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to have to reverse that. Reverse what? Oh, I talked about it in the last show. Yeah, because um, YouTube, very strict about copyrights. Really? Yeah, really weird. Just the two of us. You can say just the two of us. We can make it if we try. But you can't sing it. Interesting. Yeah, very strange. Just the two of us. Yes. (laughs) It doesn't feel the same. (laughs) (laughs) You just want to sing it. Yeah. No, exactly. Wow. On that note, let's uh, wrap up the travel show what is the advice that you would give a traveler as they are going on their next trip? Maybe plan out your itinerary for the trip. That yes. way you're better prepared. You aren't wasting time planning while you're there. Yep. yep. Yeah, I think that's a smart move for travelers. Itinerary. And then I think, um, I would say my advice is if you are planning an itinerary, leave space for other things, Right. You're going to find things when you go there that you didn't expect to find. So leave a little wiggle room when it comes to planning out your itinerary. Right, yes, I agree. Because you're always going to find something that's like, oh, man, I wish I would have brought, you know, I wish I would have put some space there. And you then you don't have to make the decision as to what you have to drop and what you have to add, right. right? uh-huh. So... That is our traveling advice from two people who haven't traveled in quite some time. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have. Hi, Hawaii. But, but you know, you know what I mean. Yeah. Long trips. Mm-hmm. Thank you for joining us on the Too Vague Podcast. My name is Ben. And I'm Emily. And we've been your hosts. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Bye. Bye.